What it is, what it do, what's popping? It's your boy Marquise Q coming to you with another live podcast episode. Yo, 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 what's good in the hood? It's your boy Raider Rashawn. We back. What's up, y'all? Joanne McClam in the house. And it's your boy Easy E capping things off. What's good, fellas? What's up, what's up, what's up? This is the first official episode of the new rebrand of The Way to Eight. I know y'all boys saw that. Yes, sir. They seen it. Can't deny it. Fuck with us. <laughs> new day. Bro, like I always say, bro, I've been saying this from the jump. New, well, not from the jump, but like ever since, you know, we uh we hit a couple big milestones. We had a South Carolina playlist. You know, we dropped, you know, a couple days ago or like a couple weeks ago. I think uh, after, what was it, Carolina Buzz TV and another uh, platform reposted us. I commented, I said, new era. And I think people were really thinking that, you know, I was playing. But when I said new era, I really meant that shit for real. I see. Bro, how y'all, how y'all boys feel like actually, because, you know, we – we started the actual like Instagram or social media, like the actual platform mm-hmm. in like May. Right. Already got like what eight hundred followers, so that's that's solid. Even though yeah. we ain't been like we ride up under a year, so I think I think that's pretty solid. And what the audience don't know is we haven't even really tapped into like the potential of the, you know, we we still really getting the hang of all this. So for us to kind of be here, you know, we're not really trying to boast our own backs, but like we got we do gotta give ourselves a pat on the back. You know what I'm saying? We came a long way. It's much further to go. Bro, really have to accredit Juwan Ravenel McClan because <laughs> McClan because he's hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on. <laughs> Why? All I did was make the logins. <laughs> Bro, Juan, you really gave us the formula for like how to like increase our following on Instagram because you yourself are pretty Instagram and Twitter famous. If I do have to say, we have to get on Twitter a little bit, but Instagram is like. Yeah, I learned that from. I got to go back. Your brother, the Solomon Law Firm. Yeah, Cuba, I believe. Yeah, they helped me a lot with learning a lot about that stuff. So I was just trying to bring it back. <laughs> I just want to ask, like, how did you actually get to the platform or like get to the reach that you're at on your social media? Like, what have you been doing? Don't give out too much free lunch, but like, what has been like one thing that's been working for you to get to your following? Oh, Lord. I might not have no free lunch for years. Let me just... <laughs> I don't know. Just be likable. Right. I just be talking. <laughs> just be talking, really. Talking, people talk back, and I just keep talking. I guess my brother like that too. Like what? All right, I see. We want to be modest. I mean, I don't know. He was talking. What? I didn't hear what you said. Honestly, what did you say? I said like, you like that too on Twitter. My yeah. brother only thing is he don't be on Twitter as much as me. That's probably why. That's honestly true because Sean will like literally not be on Twitter for like two months, and then he'll probably post. And then something. come out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't. I be I be on Twitter, but I just don't tweet as much. My brother be tweeting like he have a viral tweet by every time I get on Twitter. So I don't need to get on that. But Juan be his time and be like almost impeccable. He'll talk about something as soon as it happened and then it'll go viral. So <laughs> yeah. That secret Juan timing. I guess so. I just be seeing them. Let me let me say something. Sheesh. That's hard. Yeah, to you know commemorate the new rebrand. Um, like uh, Rashawn said, we had like uh we had like eight hundred. Not too long ago. I feel like we need to do, because we're at, what, 842 right now. If you're looking at it, like, live and in person, I don't know when this episode's going to drop. But right now, when we're recording it, we're at 842. 842. And you know um, where we're from, Florence, is a part of the greatest area code in South Carolina, 843. Stand up. The only one, the only one that matter, really. <laughs> don't at me. No debate. Talk that talk. Hey, so whoever whoever's going to be that 843rd follower, you know, might have to, might have to put a little something in your pocket. Definitely. Yeah, right. Look, I might have to send them $2. Jeez. Jeez. I might send you $8.43 if you're lucky. No cap. <laughs> you I might send them, them $0.52 cent for Highway 52. Jeez. <laughs> Highway 52? They don't know nothing about that. They don't know nothing about that for real. Definitely not. Kind of like, you know, do the rebrand. Like, it's really not nothing, like, new we've been doing. But, you know, we had, like I said, we had the podcast going on since last March. Um, we had came up on the one-year anniversary um, on the 22nd of March. And like Sean said, we had the Instagram since May. So I feel like it's been kind of, like, long overdue. We changed the description on our podcast as well. Um, a little bit more uh, inclusive to, oh, shit, we just got the 843rd follower live on the podcast. Jeez. Live right here. That's solid. We want to shout him out on the pod. Nah, for real. Who this is right here? This is Tone Malone. Tone Malone 37. Started following. Tone Malone. <laughs> Malone. Hey, Tone Malone, if you listen, we'll have to tap in with you. Facts, facts, facts. 843rd follower, my boy. Appreciate you. Appreciate you to the utmost and highest respect. Sheesh. We just decided to do this rebranding because, you know, we had a podcast longer than we had a social media. So, you know, just a little rebranded, nothing new change, you know, just trying to, you know, new face, new names, but, you know, the same content. Along with what's going on in the world, uh, the vaccine, I know that's like one of the big things going on in the world right now. Uh, I know our good brother, Juwan McClam, has been vaccinated um, as of recently. Juwan, how you living? Sheesh. I mean, the J&J been kind of beating me down, so if y'all getting that, don't get that Get the other two. I heard J and J. They was in the news for they had to stop making vaccine production or something. They like stopped that. giving it back, but that's what um, a lot of schools gave out because there's only one dose, so it's easy for them to like give out to a bunch of people in mass. So I think that's why LSU gave it to us. But don't get that one, y'all. Don't get that. <laughs> okay, I'm not really I'm not really savvy in, in like the medical field. <laughs> so y'all just help me out if I'm wrong. So basically. When they they're giving you the shot to do to vaccinate you for COVID nineteen, correct? <laughs> correct. So I'm just how do you already know what is going to combat it already? Like is that the reason why it's being recalled because it's just not working or what, like what what's the reason it's being recalled? They all give side effects, but I think the Johnson and Johnson gave six people blood clots, and I think a few people died from the blood clots, which is what. <laughs> What? They didn't really, they didn't really plan for that. They only plan for regular side effects like fever or like the COVID symptoms, which is I had some of the COVID symptoms, but I had no, I don't know. I hope I ain't got no blood clots, but well, I mean, they didn't. the side effect. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So that's why they stopped giving it out. <laughs> Jeez. So I'm just confused because Johnson Johnson has a, has had a history of putting out, you know, illegitimate products. Cause I think there wasn't there baby powder like. 
had cancerous ingredients in it or something like, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I saw them talk about that. They didn't just stick the baby lotion. Ain't <laughs> their baby lotion good? Their baby lotion fire, right? I, I, they can't make baby powder. How can they make baby lotion? Like, okay, Johnson & Johnson is, they make a bunch <laughs> of things, right? Right. Okay. I just, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't, you know, because I thought they Y'all use baby, y'all use Johnson & Johnson products? Definitely not. <laughs> I feel like my mama used to use it, so that's when I got it. I was like, well, I know what Johnson Johnson is. But Lord, but I've never heard of Johnson. I never heard of a lotion company making a vaccine, so that's why I never like. Right. <laughs> that's like Kellogg making a, a toothbrush. Or <laughs> so I, I just feel like Johnson Johnson. They just need to stick to what they're good at. If they're good at that, man, vaccines is obviously not what they're good at. And the Johnson Johnson vaccine only like sixty percent. Only sixty percent effective. Sixty percent. Yeah. Whereas the other two are like I think in the nineties. And that's Moderna and Pfizer, right? Yeah, but there was those so why are they giving out the one with the low percentage? That doesn't make any sense because it's only one shot. That's why I'm saying it's cheaper for yeah. people like schools to buy it in mass. LSU knew we're gonna give out John Johnson, we only gotta give the students one shot one time. Whereas, like, scheduling all those students, give them two times. I think it's just a business thing to be honest with Johnson and Johnson. So, a business they're taking a business approach to life, like, people are dying off of this, they're gonna choose the one that's 67%. That don't... That's why and that's why they sitting in the office now confused with the people with blood clots. Okay, I just pulled it up. It said Johnson Johnson is a multinational corporation founded in 1886 that develops medical devices, pharmaceuticals, and consumer packaged goods. So the boy, somebody's supposed to be. They somebody supposed to know what they're doing, right? So where the vaccines at in that in that stuff that they make? Like they just started doing that. Or they always been doing that. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Because I can't, I don't remember ever making a vaccine before COVID came. So I don't know. I don't know. If we must get vaccinated, which one do we need to take? The one that starts with a P. Definitely, but de- right. The P and M. Pfizer. Pfizer and Moderna. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> if, it start, if it start with a J, jump out of line. Jeez. <laughs> Are you considering getting a vaccine? Like, what's, what's your stance on the vaccine, Eric? Um, I would definitely take it. I'd probably get the one that starts with a P. But I guess I'm just not in a rush. Because to my knowledge, I don't think it's free. So It's hmm. free. Well, you can get it free some places. I need to find those places first, and then I'll go from there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna get vaccinated or not. Do we supposed to, we supposed to do this? Like, what is like? I know that to travel overseas, like go to another country, I feel like you, I think you have to be vaccinated to travel overseas. Yeah, I'm not traveling nowhere. <laughs> the way this Corona going on, not right now, anyway. But yeah. I don't know. I just don't know if I I just don't know if I'm gonna get vaccinated or not. Like I I don't know. I think you should. The only reason is because what's there's so your, much. What's like, your holdout? Yeah. You said what? What's your uh, holdout? What's uh, causing you to not want to take it? I mean, this whole time, I, I haven't had, I mean, knock on wood, of course. I mean, I haven't had, like, no corona scares or nothing. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of people that's getting vaccinated already had corona, too. So, that's why I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm confused. Like, So, I don't know. I'm like, do I need to stay away from it? I bet as soon as I get vaccinated, I'm going to get sick. Watch. Well, that's the thing they're not telling you because a lot of people think that once they get vaccinated that, you you're like good like you're immune but like i heard that four days after you get vaccinated that's when your immune system is like the weakest so like you go out there get vaccinated think you're invincible and your immune system is compromised and that's when you get covid from my knowledge from what i've been doing my research on Mm, gotcha sound like something i don't need to do well, I just know typically when it comes to like most vaccines and uh, whatnot, like for example, the flu shots and stuff like that, like what they're doing is putting some sort of the elements into it with some of the antibodies and they're supposed to be fighting it off within your body. So that whole process, that four days after with you being weak, that's just your body fighting it. And that way it can permanently, permanently get over it. 
But um, no, I could definitely understand the fear and hesitation because the goal of me taking the vaccine is to not be sick. I don't want to be sick four days after, even after I took the cure. It's just honestly a strange time. Yeah. Yeah. And like with all different vaccines, like being called back and stuff, I can see why people wouldn't want to get it. Because I would like, but now I'm seeing like 70 million people don't got vaccinated. And I think, I mean, not that many people die from the vaccine. I got to research it. But I mean, that's the reason I got it. Once I saw like 70 million people already got it. I was like, okay, I can go and get it. And I know, like, we're going to be traveling. I got to travel to come home at least. So I feel like, for me, I just wanted to go ahead and get vaccinated. But also, I don't know how true it is, but the news be saying, like, how the virus starting to adapt and, like, change and mutate. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man, if I'm not vaccinated for the first part of it and it adapt to, like, a something else, I'm going to be really doing for it. So I was like, let me just go ahead and get covered for the first part just in case COVID, like, Re- rebrand and come back out and start killing the Rebrand. Jeez. Rebrand like what is eight? This is the 19th strand of, of COVID, so I mean. Exactly. So that's what I was like. It's coming. <laughs> well, with that logic, like, if it's going to mutate, won't you have to get the vaccine that will fight off that mutated vaccine? So, like, you're just going to have to keep getting vaccines for, like, the mutated coronavirus. Right? Exactly. <laughs> you shouldn't, you because it's just building off of COVID the itself. One, so yeah. You get vaccinated, that should cover it from the baseline. Now, as far as, if basically, if it keeps rebranding like how Juan says, you should be covered if you get the vaccine. Now, if it turns into a whole different sort of disease, then I think we might as well just go ahead and, you know, start praying and make sure we all got a good relationship with the Lord. We we barely were able to maintain this. <laughs> Y'all should be already doing that. Y'all need to wait till the to the COVID twenty come. Yeah, I'm just saying that for the people that haven't done it yet. Yeah, right. time to start. Definitely got a little time. Okay. Well, heard it from Easy E himself. If you haven't been vaccinated yet, go and get vaccinated. <laughs> and if you don't, you better go ahead and get right. Facts, facts. A lot to be saying. We ain't hearing about polio or nothing. Them them diseases they were killing people back in the day. We don't hear about that no more. So. Well, Ebola, H one N one. Then somebody just had the mumps. <laughs> I just saw that the news the other day. Somebody had the mumps, bro. Get us, bro. Oh my God, bro! I thought, bro, don't, the last time I heard about the Muslim was that everybody hits Chris episode. He went to uh, play that game with Chris, uh, kiss the bottle. He came back to his house and his, uh, he had the mumps or whatever. That's a no. that's a, oh. oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh man, but changing topics, on uh, we can't, you know, ignore the fact that uh, we lost a living uh, legend, rap legend, a great guy in the community, DMX. Yes, sir. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Man, when when I heard that he passed away, it, I was more upset with the fact that people were trying to be the first to report that he was dead and he wasn't even, you know, he didn't pass away yet. So this kind of like hurt me deeply over the fact that I feel like the media was taking advantage of the fact that he was in this state and that they just want to be the first to report it, but they didn't know the actual condition. Because I think his lawyer, his family were like going back and forth saying that, you know, I think he was like in great condition, you know, for a while. And then they said he took him off life support. And then they said that he was doing better. And then his lawyer came out and said, no, he's in the same exact condition that he's been in since he got to the hospital. So it was a very confusing time. All in all, like I feel like the whole world has been mourning the passing of, you know, DMX. How, how y'all both been taking it? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, bro. I just been seeing it, especially, especially seeing like how it happened, like the the, uh, like the overdose thing. Yeah. It's just really, it's, it's just a real sad situation. I pray for the family, but I don't know, bro. DMX was a legend. Like, that's that's nothing we all can say. I don't know if y'all heard his last, uh, he was on a podcast a few months ago. A clip was surfaced uh, like the day he died, and he was like, if I drop dead today, I know that I lived a, a good life. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all seen that or not. 
But so seeing that, now I know that was some reassurance, but I don't know. You just never want to see a, a legend, especially like that, that touched so many people. Yeah. Like go in that way, but you know, God's time, I guess. Yeah. I know uh, with that, I think you were mentioning like the reportings and no one really had the correct information. Very reminiscent of the situation that was revolving around Kobe Bryant in that whole incident. And the same culprits were behind it, TMZ. You know, they always want to be the first one to say something, but you got to make sure what you're saying is worth listening to. As you can see in that instance, they really just kind of butchered that situation and just made it more on edge than what it really should have been. As far as DMX's legacy, I feel like a lot of people don't know he dropped two projects in his first year out and they both went platinum. DMX is the only person to do that. And in hip hop, he came into the scene right after the death of Tupac and Biggie, and he really kind of filled those shoes and kind of helped carry rap into this new age uh, that we kind of have now. Maybe not to this exact age, but he definitely ushered in and kind of carried the torch. What do you guys think about that? I feel like he definitely carried the torch as far as, like, you know, what you said, Tupac passing, you know, the whole, I guess, pioneers of rap, would you call them? But I feel like he came in and did it in his own way. I know you mentioned that, you know, his first two albums went platinum. And if I'm correct, he's the only other rapper except for Kendrick Lamar to win a Pulitzer Award, too. Like, an award that was dedicated to, you know, poetry, he won that award for. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of amazed me because, you know, I mean, we all know DMX. Like, you know, he's always been somebody that people heard about. Um, Like, he's got his top songs, like, you know, Where the Hood At, Where My Dog's At. Well, I don't even know that's the name of the actual song, but, like, we all know the songs I'm talking about. But he also was like a very lyrical rapper as well. Like mm-hmm. he had a song where he was talking about the passing of his grandma and like how he was still affected by that. And a lot of people like talk about like his mannerisms, like his affection to the community. I think there was a one store where he said that he went to like a waffle house or like some restaurant and he saw like somebody's like, you know, cleaning up like late at night, like them working all day. And he said he offered like to sweep up the floor for him for them or whatnot. And just like uh, Sean was saying, like some of the last thing he said in uh, regards to that, like, you know, picking up that worker shift at a Waffle House, he said that when I get to the point where I can't like help somebody else, I can't sweep the floor and that's why I fail. So he was a real like genuine guy beyond the music. But as far as like the legacy of hip hop, like he was definitely like one of those like notable names in hip hop that, you know, like when you talk about like hip hop, like back in the day and like people that carried it, like DMX has to be in that conversation. It's just in my opinion. Yeah. I also want to touch on uh, a little bit what Eric was saying too. Like not only musically, but at that, at that time in the nineties, you were seeing a lot of other rappers really convert to trying to get in like a lot more uh, on camera roles or movies or like a like a reality TV show, whatever. and I really feel like DMX really he was one of those rappers that really took acting serious. Yeah. Like I, like going back and watching Belly, like the day he died, I went back and watched Belly, me and the homies, and I was like, bro, that first of all, that movie right there is just that movie don't get the credit it deserves. My dad said that was one of the best black movies. Bro, that movie is amazing <laughs> for real. But I can't remember what happened, but I know it was like around. Bro. That journey is too good. But I but DMX, you can just tell like he took his craft serious, whatever it was in that moment. Yeah. Whether it, it was music or whether it was acting. He was hundred percent. Like he, you could tell he was hundred percent. And that not just that movie, but I think he had his own reality TV show like in the early two thousands too. Like yeah. you can you can tell he was talented, bro, from top to bottom. Q, I know we were talking the other day, uh, we were talking about one thing I like to do is just basically seeing like who's taking over this role. And I think you said that Travis Scott might be 
taking up what DMX might have done. I think you might be able to say it more accurately. But um, can you give us your take on that? Yeah. Um, the only reason I was kind of comparing, you know, not, you know, in the like hundred percent like the music fact, like, you know, cause they always like two different people, they made their own music or whatnot, like in different lanes. But as far as like, you know, like their personalities, like, cause DMX was like a pretty random individual, like, and I just want to touch on this before I get into that area. Like, I really love the fact that when DMX passed, everybody had a story about DMX, like whether it was like him, like having a conversation with him or like meeting him for the first time. I remember, uh, I'm pretty sure y'all saw that Cat Williams or stand up when he said that he met DMX for the first time. They was in a restaurant and he said he was talking to the waiter. He was like, hey, you bitch. And I get a glass of water. <laughs> Bro, but it was just examples yeah. like that. Like everybody had a funny or good story about the personality of DMX. And I think it just goes beyond like, you know, the characteristics or like even like the music. But back to what I was uh, making a point of, like, I was just like probably try to tie it into like his character. Like he's just that random person that, you know, you really never know what you're going to get out of him, I feel like. And also as far as like his concerts and whatnot, I feel like they have like similar concert styles because, you know, before like Lil Uzi, Travis Scott, or like any of these like new age rappers were doing like the whole mosh pit thing. There was a video of, I think, well, I know a DMX performing at some concert. It was like 400,000 people. And like, I saw like the whole mosh pit, like people was acting crazy and whatnot. And it was all like just geeked up after his music. And I kind of compared that to Travis Scott because, you know, we kind of get that, I kind of get that same feeling. Like it just reminded me of Travis Scott. Like the only person I can remember that reminded me of that, you know, instance was Travis Scott. Just him being, like, the random person he was and, like, I really don't have any, like, you know, other person I can compare DMX to, but I feel like at the end of the day, you can't compare him to nobody because, you know, DMX was DMX in his own sense. But if I was to say, like, you know, this reminds me of somebody, it would be Travis Scott as of right now. That's not, like, you know, going to be a popular opinion. That's not something I'm willing to die for. It is my personal opinion. I'm not trying to, like, you know, like, back and, like, you know, defend it. It's just something I was just thinking about. The concert you're referring to, I'm pretty sure you're talking about uh, Woodstock in 1999. Yeah. Bro, that joint was like a football field. It was like, bro, it was just so many people. Yeah. And it was bro, just, they said he sold out the world. <laughs> I believe it. Bro, you know he dropped the album uh, with just the songs that he performed live at that festival. He dropped the album of all the songs he performed live at that festival. Sheesh. Definitely. That joint was epic, bro, for real. That's crazy. I think um I think what's really sad is that uh we all know DMX was like you know he was battling um drug addiction. I saw one uh, interview where he was uh saying that the reason that he's been you know addicted to drugs was because his mentor laced his weed when he at the age of fourteen. Like you know it was somebody that he looked up to and whatnot. It was it was a pretty emotional like uh pod, It was I think it was an interview or some kind of podcast interview or something like that. But basically. DMX when it's like the whole spill about, you know, he's been battling drug addiction since he was 14. And the reason was his uh, mentor laces weed, you know, at the age of 14 or whatnot. And it was pretty sad. But I think that another lesson out of DMX passing is that no matter what circumstances that you've been through, like no matter like, you know, what you came across, like what's happened to you, you can still be a good person at the end of the day. Like DMX was always the person to not, I feel like, to not like let his circumstances define him. He just woke up and chose to be a good person. And I feel like that kind of shows volume to like, you know, what I can take away from it. Like the stuff that I go through, you know, the stuff that, you know, come across my path, like that shouldn't determine how I may treat somebody. And I feel like, you know, DMX was the embodiment of that. So very sad passing, really sad to hear about the passing, you know, Earl Simmons, uh, Dark Man X. But, you know, we all know that, you know, he 
will not be on this earth, you know, anymore, but he'll still live on our hearts and minds, you know, still his music will live on like his characteristics, like his experiences that he's had with people will like live on the hearts of everybody. So like I said, again, rest in peace, DMX. Oh, for sure, for sure. Switching gears a little bit. Uh, what's been uh, what's been going on this in the world? I feel like you know, outside of you know the passings and whatnot, you know, racism is still, for some reason, a topic in our day and age. That's always. There's been a couple racist incidents as of recently. Uh, I know them boys educate me on something in, in regards to the royal family or something like that in their in their racist. Yeah, history. please let me know. Yeah, bro. I mean, I I don't know if y'all watched the Oprah interview, but Oprah interviewed what's her name? I don't want to say her name wrong. What's her name? Meghan one... Markle. I think that's her that's name. Her name? Let me check my sources again. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> check the sources. She interviewed. Yeah. yeah, she interviewed the mother, and she they, she basically was just telling them about like the concerns they had with the the skin tone of their child. They talked about their security detail was stripped away. They talked about this. She just talked about a bunch of different things on on the, in the interview, but I don't know. I feel like I don't know what really why everybody's surprised if this is true because this is all allegations. Right, right, right. I I just don't feel like they would have the reason to lie. Right. That's just that's just me. And yeah. if anything, the prince that done had security, Prince Harry. Yeah, okay. he done had security for all of his life. Right. And now he just don't have security. Right. Which I understand he stepped away from the royal family and then moved. And I think they're in LA or something like that now. So right. Didn't Tyler Perry buy him a house out in LA or something? Yeah, like that? they're in LA now. So <laughs> so I can understand Tyler like, Perry bought them a house? Bruh, I heard Tyler Perry bought them a house after they separated from the royal family. What? Bruh, I don't know what's going on. But yeah. I mean I don't know. All these allegations, I'm just saying if anybody's surprised that the royal family is racist that makes no sense. <laughs> Isn't that like the most racist you can get? <laughs> Seriously, like I don't know. But, but you gotta think about it. Are we surprised that the royal family is racist? Th- that's what I'm saying. Like they're calling. Like, everybody everybody, everybody was really just like shocked, and then yeah. like people was like, "These are these are deadly accusations." Like I was like, "What?" Yeah. I thought I thought everybody knew it was racist, but I mean I don't know. I feel like in a time like this, I'm not surprised on nobody racist really. That's heavy. That's deep. That's deep. Bro, when you think about it, you have to be born into their family. Yeah. To to have a certain birthright. Ain't that what? That's like the epitome of racism. That, you know what I'm saying? Ain't that what white supremacists be saying? Like, be like you born in, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's what Hitler stood on. Or that's what I'm saying, bro. Like, that's, I don't know, bro. That's racist. So, the only question I have is that what nationality is Megan? Like, is it because, like, I think she black. she's black? black? I think so. I don't know. Oh, they she's black, bro. Bro, she's definitely black. <laughs> Megan is she black. has a black mother. Absolutely. I think. Eric, you know about this. What, what, what's the truth? Bro, she's definitely black. I can find out where she's from. Oh, she was born in uh, L.A., but uh, she's definitely black. That's what I'm saying. Like, why they had concerns about the skin tone of the baby? That's so sad. Before the baby was even born. I was looking at something. It was like um that they used to like call her names and like like mistreat her and whatnot. And it's just a weird scenario. And I also was trying to figure out like was Oprah the only person that could have done this interview? Because Oprah has had some run-ins with like some bad interviews. Like she hasn't really been the person <laughs> to really conduct this interview. So like, why was Oprah the first person they called on to do this interview? I don't think they called Oprah. I think Oprah just did it. <laughs> you know, Oprah got her own network. Oh, yeah. Oprah Winfrey Network. Oprah said, I don't need y'all to do nothing. <laughs> she said, let's um, do it. I'll do it. 
Back to what Sean was saying, like, I didn't see the the interview that was happening, you know, between Oprah and the royal family, but I saw more of the memes and, like, the videos that came out of it, how yeah. Oprah was, like, interacting, so I don't know. I, I'm just not having been in tune with it, but I really don't, I'm not going to say I don't care about the royal family, but like Juan was saying, like, I, I, watch, I watch American news first before I watch, like, out of kind right. of country news. But if you think about it, I feel like part of America really cares about like the world. Cause you think about it, don't when don't they be having them on TV and stuff and they be about to they be like we're about to see the queen and all that. Like yeah. why do we care about that? I don't Seriously. Care about What's, why do we why do we care about that? Seriously, bro. Like think about that, bro. Cause I don't really think they care about us. You know they don't care about us. If they don't care about the baby mother of the prince, <laughs> you know they don't care about us. <laughs> they definitely don't care about us. But another funny thing is too is that like do y'all think it's funny how there's still kings and queens in this day and age? Like, why Why do you still have kings and queens? Like, why is that still a thing? You mean in terms of, well, for, for them? Well, just for anybody. Well, sometimes people want to keep that heritage, so they, they're more like figureheads for their society. Some, some civilizations are just that simple. They ain't really made it to the point where, okay, we can all have a voice. Like, look at places like, um, what is it, South Korea? No, North mm-hmm. Korea, I'm sorry. Well, they make sure you get that right, because we don't want no bombings happening over I'm there. I'm about to say, they ain't got no king over there. <laughs> well, they, no, they uh, got, uh, it's, a, it's a dictatorship. He's basically it, operating the same way. And worse than a king, isn't it? Well, I mean, they're basically the same thing. But what do they What do they really do? Like, what do, they, what do these kings and queens do? Like, do they make, like, decisions? Because they still have a prime minister, and I'm, if I'm, like, correct, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, a prime minister is the equivalent to what a president is. The president. Is. So, the queen in England, I don't think she really has no political power. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not trying to be funny. <laughs> but I'm saying, so like, if they if they don't hold any position in office other than being royal, like, what do they do? Okay, so I think it's I just feel like they just have they feel like they have like a birthright. Like in England, you know how we have the the House of Representatives and America. Yeah, like yeah, America. You know how we have the House of Reps and the Senate. Yeah, they have. I think they have like the what is it the Parliamentism or no, it's like the the House of Lords and the House of Commoners <laughs> okay. or something like that. Okay, House of Lords. Yeah, so I think it's like regular people are in the House of Commoners. Well, I, I could be wrong, so y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. But and the uh, the people that are born into the family are in the House of Lords. Okay. So I think that's how they like differentiate. Okay, Eric, is that right? Yeah, as far as the parliament part, that's definitely right. Um, I just know, like, they have a constitutional monarchy, so the queen does have some sort of power, but, like, they basically, she's more, like, ritualistic internal matters, and the prime minister, that's the guy that we're meeting overseas and stuff like that. But as far as why they still got that, I don't know. It's pretty outdated, but it works for them. They didn't go through a year that we went through these last four years, so, I mean, we can't really complain as a nation. Yeah. I mean, Africa still got kings, too. I think Africa still got, like, three kings. I said, Africa had kings before everybody else, technically. I know. I'm talking about currently. Like, I think it's still, like, three countries that operate with, like, the king system. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Didn't, like, somebody in the royal family pass not too long ago? Like, what, Prince Philip or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> but Philip was about to die a long time ago, though. He, he ain't look too good. You said he been looking bad for a few years. Yeah, he looked bad. Philip looked like he, he looked like expired milk just sitting there building up and, you know. Right, we have got people from England listening. Gentlemen, boys, tap in. I might say a little at the Mucinate commercial. Yeah, no. I'm just telling y'all what people say. I, we is in there. 
Wasn't he like 99 years old? So I'm not saying it was his time, but I don't see a whole lot of people living to see 99. They, they live a little longer than what a lot of people thought. But don't they all be old? I feel like everybody was old except Princess Diana. How old was Princess Diana? Well, I don't know. Well, she what? died. So. She was in her 20s, huh? She was I can't remember how old she was. <laughs> she was in her 40s, something like that. Oh, okay. Sean had shared this in our group chat uh, earlier today. He said that um, it was from, uh, we all know, good, good brother, a uh, certified school psychologist, doctor of clinical psychology, author, pan-Africanist, and educator, Dr. U. Johnson. <laughs> Come on, talk to me. <laughs> he said, I will not board for Prince Philip. I will mourn instead for the people and countries destroyed by our British imperialism. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I saw that. I was like, what is going on, bro? Dr. Umar probably said victory. Oh, definitely. He absolutely said that. One more down. Said we took a step in the right direction today. That is hilarious. Not the passing of Prince Philip, but like, you know, the whole like Dr. Umar Johnson thing. You know, I don't never, you know, celebrate anybody's death. You know, I don't do that. Definitely not. But uh, I kind of feel like, you know, yeah. Didn't him and uh, DMX pass at the same time? And, you know, Twitter can't never take nothing serious. I saw like memes about, you know, people talking about how. DMX passing was like more like showcase than Prince Phillips and oh Prince Phillips just died. <laughs> yes, bro. Yes, oh sir. my god, I didn't, I didn't even know that. Seriously, condolences. Condolences. Bro, he died six days ago. I think we do have a following in the UK to like for real, for real. I think that's what one of our demographics researched. I think they say like about five percent, something like that. Definitely. But no, 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 like, I'm really curious to be educated more about, you know, the UK political system. So, like, if there's anybody out in the UK that can educate me more on that, you know, I'm, I'm all ears. I'm always willing to learn. Hey, I don't count. I kind of hit the pin on the head with that House of uh, Commons and the House of Lords, ain't it? Bro, they about, they about to hit you up after this and be like, yo, you say you know something? Hey, definitely. <laughs> you giving out a little bit too much free lunch. They might be mad. I feel like low-key in this time, we got to kind of laugh at our pain, I feel like, because... At the end of the day, we're dealing with situations that last year we recorded uh, I Can't Breathe, right? Yeah, yeah. And we almost a year later, and we're still talking about the same thing. You know, that was I Can't Walk in My Neighborhood. Jeez. Talk on it. Talk on it. Or, or I Can't Survive a Regular Traffic Stop. Or I Don't Know the Difference Between a Taser and a Gun. That's the crazy I Can't Walk in My Black Neighborhood at this point because the summer is a black neighborhood. Jeez. Yeah, well, go ahead. You don't tap into it. Talk to us. Yeah, let's talk about that one first. The summit has been in the news and not for the right reasons. Definitely not. Yeah, now look, we don't know. I don't know what, what happened before the video started. So let's go ahead and preface with that. Because right. a lot of people like something was going on. Mm-hmm. All we know is what we saw, which was the the man, which is in the army, was basically telling the black boy to keep moving and asking them questions like, do you live in this neighborhood? Where are you walking to? You need to go back. And then in the video, you hear the black boy ask the white boy, he was like, so where do y'all live? And him and his wife, that's none of your business. As they just asked him like five different questions. Like, how can y'all say that's none of your business, but y'all asking him thousands of questions? Right. And kind of goes with no mask on. And then it's for me, it's mostly, like I was telling my parents, the audacity for him to be like, I've never seen you before. As if only people that live in this neighborhood, it has to be seen by your two eyes. Right. Talking about work in the community. I know everybody here. Like, what? And the summit is, if if any of y'all who listen to this, if y'all not from Columbia, please go drive to the summit. The summit is huge. Definitely. There's no way he saw, he know everybody face that live in the summit. There's no way. Sure. I heard he got some uh, new faces uh, today and yesterday. Heard crowds of protesters pulled up to his spot, made his block hot. 
Right. And he did not come outside. So, like, where was the energy at when he was bullying that little African-American boy? But when the people wanted to come out here and talk to him, like, that man was staying in the house the whole time. I don't know if y'all saw the video on Twitter. I don't know. Somebody just took it a little too far. It was a little black black man outside. He was yelling. I just want to talk. I came out here to speak to you. I got COVID. I'm sick as hell, but this ain't right. I was just like, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> he need to go back to that. He's doing nothing but harm, right? He's doing nothing but harm. So. Right. And he was like four feet in front of the crowd. So he's on their driveway. The crowd's on the street. And then, you know, the dude, he ain't going to come outside because he know better. But like, it was just like, okay, you didn't have to come outside yeah. and protest today. You could have somebody sub in for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. Now you about to have everybody sick. Yeah, but back to the um, the bigger picture, like it's just it was just crazy, like that whole scenario went down. And I think initially, um, when they were like investigating, I feel like that because the whole everything that happened wasn't like recorded. Because I believe he broke the gentleman's phone like after that video, like the only two. Yeah, he cracked it. He cracked the phone. And I think when the police were initially investigating it, like they said, they can only like charge him with like broken property or damaged property or something like that. So the whole idea assault wasn't even in the conversation in the initial like in investigation. But I think after it got traction, that's when people started like, you know, raise questions. That's when it got in contact with law enforcement in Fort uh, Jackson in Columbia, you know, cause that's where he works at, I believe. That's yeah. when they started like doing further investigation. So, but it's just crazy how all that had to happen in order for us to get the justice that we deserve. And I believe for me, it was just bad because I don't know how young, young the guy is, but he stayed calm for real. Like he stayed calm throughout the whole video. He was just like asking them questions. They ask him a question, he'll say something back or ask them a question. But he really never got loud. Even when a grown man in front of his wife can't control his temper, the little boy is still staying calm and stuff. So I thought that was good. But so, yeah. in the video, you can see the the man push him. So I don't see how they was leaving the assault part out when he literally pushed him like a minute in, into the video. Yeah, you can't. You can't crap those out the videos i'm curious i mean i'm pretty sure y'all got some ways that y'all would go about doing this but like what would y'all do if that was y'all in that situation and yeah. the still oh, city too so what would y'all do yeah y'all can go ahead y'all can take this one before me <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you about to say one i was about to say nothing oh <laughs> everyone's asking us what we do if we was in the in that situation i mean god forbid i'm ever in a situation like that right I feel like I would kind of, you know, be similar to the gentleman name was uh, DeAndre uh, for people that want to know. Like, shout out to DeAndre for, like, keeping his composure and, like, you know, at least being safe, you know. And, you know, these situations happen on, you know, camera. Like, we see that outcome could be very different, you know, no matter what it is. So in that situation, um, I feel like it was handled well. If I was put in that situation, I wouldn't even give him the time of day to have a conversation out of me because at that point, like, you're harassing me. Like, you're not you know, trying to actually find out, like, what I'm doing there. You're trying to, like, you know, just bully me and trying to, like, I guess, prove something that I really don't understand what you're trying to prove. But I just wanted to give him the time of day. I would continue to do what I was doing. And hopefully somebody would, would have been recording it and seeing that, you know, he was harassing me if I was in that situation. But, I mean, as we can all, as we all know, like, violence really doesn't, you know, solve scenarios, especially, you know, because of the color of our skin. I, I I just would have kept out of my own business, bro. I feel like that's the only way I could have put it. But in the heat of the moment, I really don't know. I just could say what I would have would have did, you know, in hindsight. But in the heat of the moment, I would like to think I would do that. But, you know, I don't know. I would say I would want to do that, too. But knowing me, like, if I'm in the neighborhood I grew up in and you losing your mind like this and you don't know me and you yelling, like, <laughs> this would, that probably would just make me so mad. Like, that's why I commend him so much for his, his composure because that would probably – when he was just in his face, like, I'll show you, I'll show you this. Like, you want to get get me mad? I'll show you that. 
don't talk to my wife, talk to me. Like he was just the way he was talking to that boy. Yeah, yeah he, he was really crazy. lost his mind, and he really like you really don't know people. That's the thing. He really like how they say you had the right one. He really had the right one because if he had a crazy like he could have somebody crazy with a girl. <laughs> yeah, he goes. Just because you just got out of LA Fitness this morning and you high off your workout, you think you about to beat somebody up with them starter shorts on. <laughs> <laughs> You thought we had noticed with starter shorts. I noticed with starter shorts, bro. We noticed that, bro. Come on. I know, I know where you shop at. Definitely. He must have thought he was still at boot camp. That's why I told him. You're not at boot camp. You at the summit. Why? I'm glad you brought up, like, uh, DeAndre's composure because he's way, like, I just, I, I don't know, bro. Like, I don't know if I was in that situation. I'm not going to say I don't know. I know for a fact it the video would have went like that. You, I just, you know what I'm saying? Like, especially, he wasn't doing nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I don't know. The, the audacity sometimes is even surprising to me. So I probably, knowing me, I probably would have entertained it a little bit, being honest. Mm-hmm. But as soon as he would have shoved me or put his hands on me, yeah, I feel like it's like all, like all bets off the wall at that point. Like, you put your hands on somebody, like he just, and then he pushed him for no reason. Yeah. Ain't like he pushed him for a reason. He was already walking away. He just pushed him, talking, don't. <laughs> I definitely would yeah, yeah. Shout out to DeAndre though, bro. That was that was that was pretty solid. Yeah, and I was glad to see that the uh you know city came out and supported. I definitely appreciated that. But then, you know, you got on the other side of the country. I'm pretty sure you guys heard about the shootings. Um I think it happened in um in Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken, or Minneapolis, I can't remember too. Yeah, Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Yeah. Just and that was a situation where the officer thought she had the taser. Then shot, but it was actually her gun. Was that the one? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. You talking about uh, Dante Wright? That's what you talking about. The young First man that got. That'll even make sense in my officer's account. Like you, a police officer, you supposed to know what you're doing. First of all. Second of all, if you make a mistake, just like in any other field, you have to suffer the consequences. You don't get excused because X, Y, and Z. Like we got frontline workers and nurses and doctors. Shit, I can say a little construction work out here. You know what I'm saying? They make a mistake, they pay for it. And I feel like police officers have been getting a little too exempt, a little, a little too long. Yeah. I've I've heard the time the times um before, like officers mistakenly like pulling their or mistaking their firearm for their taser. Like we've heard that excuse multiple times. Yeah. But I feel like at this point that it's it's time for that. That's not an excuse anymore, bro. That was never an excuse. That's really the reason why they have the taser on the opposite side. Right. Like your taser is not on your dominant. It's not on your dominant side. So that's where your that's where your taser is at. And your taser is way lighter than your your weapon. They don't even feel the same. Like in 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 weight. Yeah. Like they don't feel the same. Like they don't even feel like the same object. So I just don't understand how. I guess I I get adrenaline, heat of the moment. I understand that. Mm -hmm. But. I don't know, bro. You know when you're pulling your gun and you know when you're pulling your taser. She probably shot her taser probably a thousand times being a police officer. Mm-hmm. She's been, she been on the force, what, 20-something years? Bro, she's a 20-something years. They headed a police union or some kind of union or something like that, but you mistakenly grab a taser for a weapon? Like That's that. what I'm saying. You know how many... And me and my brother was talking earlier, and he was like, bro, you know how many times police officers used to be tasing people when they used to have little camps and stuff? They used to always be tasing everybody. Like, y'all know what a taser look like? Yeah. And y'all know what it feels like, bro. Like, be realistic here. Like, you, like, I don't know. I'm not even going to give him the pass about the adrenaline because, like, why was your adrenaline pumping if it was more of y'all than it was of him? Like, why were you in danger? Like, why did you feel dangerous? Definitely. 
Yeah, it's just a, uh, it's just really a shame that this is still a repeated matter. I'm pretty sure y'all boys remember. I, I can't breathe. We were frustrated. I don't know about y'all, but like, if there was ever a moment for it to tip and then things kind of changed, I really thought it would happen then. But here we are, practically almost a year later. It's still repeating. So you know, you just kind of, you know, what Biden's doing as far as the strike looks, as far as the stimulus and stuff like that. But like, when I'm ready for like some real reform, like one, the student loans to be forgiven, and we do something about these police officers, the way they're just really handling these day to day interactions. They can really save a lot more lives what they're doing now. Yeah. And speaking of, um, you know, Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, I believe the trial of George Floyd is supposed to be commencing soon. Yeah, it's commencing right now. It's commencing right yeah. now. Yeah. And I think the officer I was charged of first degree murder has what decided to plead the fifth, not testify his own case or, you know, something like that. So I don't know. What are y'all what are y'all thoughts about, you know, this case? Because I feel like this is going to be. Like, this decision is really going to be a big decision, I feel like, for the future of, like, our justice system, the future of, like, racial tensions, and really the future of America, in my opinion. So, how y'all boys feeling like it's going to be swayed? Like, you know, not what you want, but, like, how do you think, realistically, the decision is going to be made? Uh, I would say, realistically, if you look at, 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 a, at a historical perspective, if you look at this case, this case might be one of the most important in probably the last at least 20 years in terms in terms of policing. Yeah. Well, we can go past 20 years because if we if you go from when there's three strikes law mm-hmm. uh, to the crack the crack laws to to policing now, like it's been we saw policing went from like no nonsense to yeah. policing going crazy to now it's like we're seeing the effects of that years later mm-hmm. of like constantly people dying unarmed in police care yeah. and is it really wouldn't be a, a argument if a lot of these other people that be committing these shootings and going around doing all this crazy stuff they always be armed and they always get arrested mm-hmm. they always get arrested bro like they either they get arrested or they down the scene right and most of the time they down the scene they kill themselves so i'll be like what like what's really going on here yeah. like when you think about it bro like what? What makes them get so scared when they see somebody like me, like in the car? I don't. I feel like I never understand that. Yeah, I don't think. I think that's probably the answer we're gonna be searching for for a long time. Even when they got to answer in front of God Himself, like they're gonna have to be able to explain that. And I don't feel like they're really gonna have an answer. Back to the case as far as this officer here, I'm really not surprised that he ended up pleading the fifth because the attorneys were going to destroy him. Because there's no way for him to say anything to justify what he did because his actions in the video alone are criminal worthy like it's not even a matter of procedure because you obviously disregarded that when you ex- like extended that ex- extra force on them and things of that nature but i know one of the things i saw the attorneys for the officer they were trying to criminalize one of the witnesses that they saw a black man they're trying to paint him as angry and guilty and he's making all these um awesome. assumptions about the officer as if he's an angry and guilty man basically trying to discredit his character but he mm-hmm. held strong and so i really feel like as far as longevity and the impact this case will have I think firstly depends on if it goes to the Supreme Court one, but I think this definitely will play a, a big factor on policing. At least that's my hope. Like, I think this is the closest we've seen any sort of action as far as like civil injustice in our in our time of being alive. So I think this might really, and this, I think this will really actually start the wave for change that we've been trying to see. Like, I think the protests and everything were nice, but we actually do have them on charge on i'm sorry on trial and it's going through with the charges and stuff like that so i think this could really be big yeah at the end of the day everything it, like if, if if this case goes the way it's supposed to go it's a step forward but it's, it's a lot more work to be done 
And if this case doesn't go the way it's supposed to go, then we know, you know what I'm saying, where we still at. Yeah. And, and definitely more work to be done. Like, that's mm-hmm. just the reality of the situation. Yeah. I just hope, you know, the justice system doesn't mess this one up. That's really all I can ask for. Like, just don't mess this one up. Do what's right. You know what's right. Like, there's really nothing else that needs to be investigated at this point. Like, plain is plain to see that, you know, this was a murder. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way to sugarcoat it. Like, I don't understand, like, why they're trying to dig up, like, you know, his past, like, experience or his past, like, decisions and whatnot. Like, that has nothing to do with what happened, you know, that day when the officer decided to, you know, use unlawful force. And, you know, George Floyd ended up, you know, being the one that got the worst end of that deal. So, like I say, I just hope the justice system doesn't make a wrong decision because, you know, if they want to see things move in the right direction, that man needs to have the consequences, you know, happen. Like, he needs to face the consequences of action so people will know that this is not okay. Because I think this all ties into, like, people of that position or, you know, I'm not going to even try to say a demographic, like, you know, try to, like, say it's a white-black thing. But people that have that privilege, they think they're untouchable. That's why they do the thing they do. Like, the, the man that did the thing at the summit, the reason he did that because he felt like he was in the right. He felt like there was nothing wrong that he's done. And that's what a lot of people, you know, in these positions, these, you know, scenarios do. They do these things because they think they're in the right or they think they're not going to get punished for what they're doing, even if they know it's wrong. So we need to remove that security blanket and that invincible coat that they're wearing and make them understand, you know, your, your actions have consequences to them. So we just need to get people to understand that, you know, this is not okay. And if you do something that's not okay, you should be punished for it. So I think it's going to set a precedent for that. Hopefully. Man, I think we should make this probably the last drop of the bad news, but we, we, we got to address the catch-22 with our um, our boy down in Houston. You know, you guys smacked 22 times. I'm pretty sure you guys saw about Deshaun Watson. Like, what were y'all initial thoughts on that whenever it uh, it broke news? Well, we uh, me and Sean talked about this on um Out of Time podcast with uh, Chris Lyles Jr. You know, shout out to, you know, Sportscast and everything they're doing over there. For sure. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, we uh we talked about this situation. Um, you know, it's it's just crazy how, you know, all of this happened to happen after he decided to leave the Houston, you know, Texans organization. Like if this was a problem, you know, from the beginning, you know, it should have been addressed then. Like it should not have been should not have been like, you know, kept under secret and brought back up, you know, because, you know, Deshaun decided to leave the organization. But like I said, you know, Sean can speak more about this. I just want the truth to come out, like whether it's whether he did it or whether he didn't do it. You know, at the end of the day, sexual assault is not right to any degree, no matter who you are, no matter what your celebrity status is, no matter what you're doing. Like sexual assault is not okay to like any degree. I just there's just there's just a lot a lot of information that I'm not, you know, understand that I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's not always, you know, being like broadcasted out for us to know. So I just want the truth to come out. Um, Sean, what what's your what, what were your initial thoughts to it? Yeah. Um Probably initially, I think I was just like a little confused because like what you said, let's let's just be realistic. If Deshaun Watson was happy with the Texans, if they were, if they were just, if he was still on the team, blah blah blah, and these allegations came up, I just feel like the organization would have done everything in their power to protect Deshaun. Mm-hmm. That's just my, that's just what I believe. I just feel that they would have done that because. That's their quarterback. That's them, that's their star. Yeah. That's the person they can probably try to protect the most. But now, since and we, and if y'all don't know, Houston, Houston, we got a problem. They got some issues over there, bro. Like for yeah. real, like JJ Watt. Like they they really got some 
some issues behind closed doors that a lot of people don't really see. Mm-hmm. And something's not something's going on there and a lot of people are trying to leave. Yeah. Deshaun Watson was one of those. Like we all know Deshaun Watson played at Clemson, never got in trouble, mm-hmm. was in the league doing his thing. They take uh one of his best targets away. Johnny Hopkins. And now Deshaun is the problem. And as soon as Deshaun wants to leave, is the now it's twenty five. What is it? Twenty five allegations. It's, like, it's definitely past twenty at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like that is crazy. And then I saw something that was like some of the girls came back and said that it was consensual. They only spoke up because like, I was like, okay, like if that if that's what it is, if if somebody really was sexually assaulted by Deshaun Watson, that takes away from that by other people that just jumping into it right. and just, just doing it just to do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But at the end of the day, we want the truth to come out. Sexual assault is serious, like, no matter if you're a football player or not. It don't even matter, bro. Like, that's just the re- the reality of the situation. Like, a, a, a female or a male, no matter who it is, they shouldn't have to call the police for you to stop touching them the way they don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. let's just be realistic. But like you said, bro, like, we just want the truth to come out. I think that's what everybody wants. But at the end of the day, I just don't want this to be just like them just trying to blackball another black quarterback out of the league. Because you know, you know how they do when we when we protect the other ones. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just, I don't know. That's just how I look at it. Yeah, no, I'm definitely with y'all boys on that. I think my only thing is that you had 22 different uh, massage therapists or 25 or whatever. I like, like, what's going on? Like, I don't think it takes all that, but I'm not living his life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like I'm saying, like a lot of stuff is not making sense. Are all these victims being represented by the same lawyer or like by the same like law firm? Yeah, that's uh, a majority of those that came um, forward, they're being represented by, I guess, one of the friends of the Houston Texan owner, but he's an attorney. But they're saying that relationship isn't playing a factor. Yeah. Even, I'm okay, putting that aside though, that's still, you still got 25 separate incidents you got to deal with. So, I mean, Timing and all that aside, there's a larger question about what's going on here. And like our boys say, I really hope the truth comes about yeah. and proper, you know, consequences follow for those individuals. I, I just want the truth to come out with no bias. That's all I want. Like, I just, if, if I just want to know the truth, then, you know, I'll judge it accordingly. But I just want the truth to come out with no bias, no, like, hidden agendas and anything like that. Because, you know, I just don't want the, the tilt just to be way any different way just because, you know, the color of somebody's skin, like the scenario that they're going through, like mm-hmm. sexual assault is sexual assault no matter if you're a football player or like wherever, like Sean said. So I just want the truth to come out with no bias. Like right is right is wrong is wrong at the end of the day. It's, all, it's black and white. There's no middle ground when it comes to that. Definitely. Yeah. Sean, I'm at, well, Q, I hope it's okay if I just say one more thing. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Sean, what's going on with your boy? Who? You know, Celtic legend. Uh, what's his name again? He got... I think he got dropped by Joe Johnson. I can't oh, remember. Oh, hey, man. Say, man. Sure, he got dropped by Joe Johnson and ESPN, ain't he? Hey, listen. Hey, chill. <laughs> two chill, two chill, separate cases. Two chill, separate cases. <laughs> Y'all got to stop disrespecting Paul like he's not the truth out here, bro. Come on now. But can we really – all right. Even after, you know, him, Kobe calling him the truth, like, you know, rest in peace, you know, Kobe being Bryant. Can we really say Paul Pierce is the truth after we found out the truth behind the wheelchair story? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. No, we can't. Man, for years. <laughs> Look, I wouldn't respect the wheelchair story if he came out and he wasn't balling. <laughs> oh, 
He came out and won the game, so we had to we had to tip his we had to tip our cap to him. Bro, I want to just point out the fact that we was really invested in basketball like it was a movie, bro. Because <laughs> this man really took a fall, went into the tunnel. People like video cam- like videotaping him like leaned over or whatnot. Definitely. This man came out the tunnel with his arms up like he about to win a damn championship or whatever. Right. And he came in and like Sean said, he balled out. That no, that no, that's not weird to y'all. That, that, that. Bruh, that was one of the greatest moments of my life. <laughs> Paul Pierce over there pretending. That was amazing, bro. But y'all gotta go back and watch that game, bro. Like you gotta see how you gotta see how like anticlimactic. Like they were, bro. Like he was really looking like he was done. Like he, not like out for the season. I mean, done playing basketball. Period. <laughs> he was making it seem like he was. Bruh, <laughs> we should have known that, okay, Paul Pierce might be capping because ain't no way you took a fall like that, leave out in the wheelchair, come running out, and then play basketball. So, bruh, we were, we were kind of blind to that fact, bruh. But, like, aside from, like, you know, um that wheelchair story, like, Paul Pierce really has a wild life as a weight leader. Like, we really need to, like, check on his mental, like, because right now I think he's going through a midlife crisis. You think so? I don't... He, he might be going through something. <laughs> he might be going through something. Like, I'm, not, I'm not putting that past <laughs> I was, he was with ESPN for like two or three years, and you just do that. Like, well, let's go get people some context of what happened. So, what was he on live with some um female workers? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he was on live with uh, yeah, he was on live. <laughs> what all was he doing on live though? Like, he was just on live smoking and drinking, right? Bro, I yeah. think he was getting a haircut too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bro, he was. He was. That was a vibe, bro. He was vibing, bro. Bro, but I don't. But at a certain point, bro, like, 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 you know, when you reach a certain status, bro, I just, I guess this is some stuff that you can't do. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's nothing wrong with him doing that, but doing it on live, I think that was the issue. Bro, Paul Pierce is funny. When, as, as soon as I saw it, I was thinking, I was like, oh, he, I saw him on the way, uh, like, Sports Center and NBA Tonight and what all that. I wonder what all them were thinking about this. He won that work. That's all of them. They say, you know, ESPN has fired uh, Paul Pierce. I'm like, damn. You really hate to see that. But what do you think was going to happen, though? He's going to go over it next day, I guess. He definitely ain't thought that. <laughs> so, you think he, so you think he planned this? I'm not saying I think he planned it, but I'm just saying. Because like, he said on Twitter, he said, ha, 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 big things to come or something like that. So that's what makes me think <laughs> that he knew what was going to happen after he had that like situation after that situation happened. Yeah, I, I don't think he was caring about ESPN. <laughs> he really wasn't caring, obviously. Yeah. But I don't know, bro. But he was like, yeah, shake that, shake that. Hey. I was he, like, what's going on? He was telling somebody to pull up. And he was like saying, like, Maria, Mariah, somebody pull up. He said, I miss you or something like that. Yeah, Paul might be going through a little something. <laughs> we might have to get KG to check up on him. She, shout out KG. Hey, KG, if you haven't listened to Soccer Line Playlist, bro, like, you're you're pretty well featured on there. So if anybody knows any connections to Kevin Garnett, you know, put us in, tap us in. I know some of y'all from Malden. <laughs> Somebody listening to this podcast right now is from Malden. And I need you to find out we can get in contact with KG. That's what you can do for me. Facts. Appreciate Facts. you. But another um celebrity that's uh, been the recent news, um, you know, Ursha Raymond has been <laughs> has been passing out, you know, some currency that us bucks. I don't think a lot of people are liking the idea behind us bucks. I really don't like this is another scenario. I don't think the whole truth is being told. I really don't think Usher went to a strip club and just handed out these Usher books and like just let the strip club like you know just empty handed. I feel like it was a joke and I feel like people were just taking it too serious because I feel like he had he had Usher books like for a music video or something like that that was told in a suitcase 
and he went to the strip club and, you know, passed them out to, you know, the strippers or whatnot. But I feel like Usher Raymond is at an age right now we're not going to do anything dumb like that and, like, they can get off on it. I, I honestly found more humor out of it than I was upset. I know a lot of people are upset about it, but I think it's funny. Why is Usher still shooting music videos? <laughs> Bruh, Usher's like an R. Usher, Usher still make decent music. Yeah. It's, he make decent music to be in the strip club? No, Usher was just in the strip club. But he had that uh, the Usher because he was trying to promote something that I guess he bought a little area and that's what they were using as currency. So he was trying to be funny. But he said it. His people said that he threw out real money too. But you know, if I was a stripper, I don't want to see Usher. That's what I'm saying, bro. Like we're not getting the whole story. And like people, I was having a conversation with this with someone. It was like, how dare he go into the strip club? Like those girls are in there working hard and whatnot for him. I was like, do you think that? But they were trying to make it sound like every stripper in that club was affected by it. Like I'm pretty sure that he wasn't throwing all the money at the strippers. I'm pretty sure that you know one, you know. Girl that I guess was you know getting the us bucks thrown at her was you know the bottom of the barrel of the joke and you know she was just the one that got affected by it but like the whole strip club should not be releasing a statement about Usher Raymond. I'm sure Usher took care of that girl. Yeah, she probably gave her something nice. It's yeah. Usher. I mean they be having weirdos in there that they have to kick out for not throwing enough money. I'm sure. Yeah, but Usher they give at least they got real money though. Like can you imagine yeah. someone sliding the us bucks in the side of your Bra, this ain't real money. Like you can't do nothing. It's with it. Usher. <laughs> he probably gave her a couple of bands after. If I see Usher in the strip club, I'll be like, "What is going on?" <laughs> First of all, if I see Usher in the strip club, how old is Usher? First of all, are you at the right strip club? <laughs> First, yeah, no cap. If I see Usher in the strip club, I must be at the right point. Bro, you must be one in Atlanta. No cap. Bro, Usher got to be about sixty. Brand Usher is not sixty, bro. <laughs> Nah, he probably like 40. Robert is 60, but I don't think Usher's 60. Yeah, we can't even get on Robert. <laughs> we ain't even touch on that nigga. Come on, Q. Come on, Q. I'm just saying, bro. I, I thought Shaw had it confused. You know, he might have it mixed up. I just want to clarify. Definitely. Oh, man. This is a, we only like, what, like an eight hour and about eight minutes of the podcast? Oh, yeah, we wild. Sheesh. It's really been, you know, good to talk about, you know, recent events. I feel like, you know, we've been doing the broken record so much. And uh, the last podcast we dropped, you know, with uh, Aries LB, um, Penny, Mark My Words, you know, that was a, it was good to get back in touch. We appreciate y'all listening to this one. Uh, like I said, it's the first one since the rebrand. We hit 844 followers, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, hopefully that reflects that whenever, well, hopefully it doesn't reflect. Hopefully y'all following the page more between, you know, this recording when we drop it. So uh, make sure to still stay in tune with everything way to eight. Uh, we have a lot of big things coming up. Like Sean's always saying, subscribe to the YouTube channel. <laughs> Definitely. Right now. <laughs> While you're on your laptop listening, while you're on your phone listening, or in your car, go and subscribe to it right now. It's not hard. Just type in weight of the eight That's on it. YouTube. You know, we're pretty, I mean, it's pretty common now. So, like, there should be, like, no other affiliations or any other, like, miscued things. So, way to eight. YouTube, subscribe, any other platform that you're on. We're on Listen Notes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, of course, Spotify, Pandora. So there's really no excuse now. So make sure you stay in touch with everything way to eight. Listen to some South Carolina artist music that has been dropping lately. I know Sean Skrilla dropped today, if I'm not mistaken. So um, who else dropped that uh, was in recent? I know some Columbia artists have dropped as well. Let me go look real quick. Because that's what we're all about, you know, way to eight. You know, the eight being all the area code. Sean Skrilla. Drop um what Junior Churchill dropped as well. Uh, little EP. Little EP. 
Slim Dev. Well, yeah. Slim Dev. Slim, Slim Dev. Yeah. He dropped a little, little EP. There's a lot of EPs dropping. Uh, I see. A lot of EPs dropping lately. I see what they got yeah. going on. Trap Star Moolah dropped as well. So, like, listen to all those South Carolina artists that's been dropping. You know, support the state. You know, like we always said, uh, it's kind of a shame if you know about all these other rappers that's dropping music. Well, rappers, artists, you know, that's dropping music, you know, out of the, you know, country, out in all of L.A. and whatnot. You don't even know people that's dropping music within your own state. So make sure you're staying with everything. You know, South Carolina, and a good way to do that is by listening to the way they ate. So if you want to get put on to some good South Carolina stuff or some good South Carolina content, uh, make sure you stay in tune with the way they ate. But that's all I got to say. This is your boy Marquise Q signing out. Hey, man, like you said, make sure y'all hit that hit that subscribe button. I don't know if y'all can see it or not, or if y'all know or not, but we definitely know. I think the, I think the, I don't think nobody has subscribed since the last time I actually said that. So. I'm really about to make an emphasis on. I'm about to start hitting everybody individually to see if you to see if y'all subscribe because I, I don't know. I, look, when it when it's too late, then y'all be like, I see why he was saying yeah. to subscribe. But hey, like you said, man, y'all tap in if you haven't listened to the playlist yet. Run that back real quick. But other than that, it's your boy Ray Rashawn. Y'all boys holding the rope. For me, switching to the sports right quick. Shout out to the women since our last podcast. They went to the final four. And then on the men's side, I don't know if y'all saw, but Frank Martin reeled in three recruits all from South Carolina. So that's dope. So hopefully we'll see some a turnaround in that program. But that's it for me, Juwan, signing out. Yes, sir. And it's your boy, Easy. I want to thank the fellas again. Always great to fellowship with y'all. Love these episodes. For the audience, make sure y'all tap into that 3200. When y'all see it, you don't want to miss out. So consider that your little piece of free lunch for today. Hold on to it when y'all see it. Make sure y'all tap in. But it's your boy, Easy, and y'all have a good one.